to Season 2 of Granite State Golfers with Micah. I am an avid amateur golfer in New Hampshire. This podcast dives into the stories of the top amateur golfers in my home state. We are about to tee off. Please join me. Hey everyone, I hope your golf season is going well and you are able to get some rounds in amidst all the rain we have been having. The Men's State Am starts tomorrow at Manchester and I wish all the players well. This episode features Jamie Farello, who recently won the Seacoast Am. We talk about his childhood playing hockey and golf and we dig into the different rounds of the Seacoast Am and how he managed his nerves in the course coming down the stretch. Thanks for listening and sharing the podcast with your golf friends. I hope you enjoy the conversation with Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Welcome to Granite State Golfers, and thanks for coming on the show today. It's an honor to be here, and I'm looking forward to it. Great. Um, Tell me about where you grew up and what sports you played as a kid, and when did you start playing golf? Yeah, so I started, um, my parents were always members of the Rochester Country Club. Uh, so we joined up there um, when they used to have a pool and do all that stuff. And then when we were about, it was about 10 or 11 golf. That was my summer camp. My mom would, uh, my mom's a nurse would drop me off at 645 in the morning at the club. And uh, I played 36 holes every day. I got to play with, you know, a lot of the the older folks in the morning and then you know, got to play with different people every single day. The the pro was always great at getting me out with with everybody that he could. Um, you know, met a lot of you know great people doing that. Um, but I was, uh, you know, golf was golf was never really my my main sport. I was a hockey player. Um, I played baseball as well, but you know, hockey and golf really were my passions. And uh, you know, golf golf kind of took a backseat for for a little bit there when. Um, when I was taking hockey very seriously and you know, you can't to be able to try and play at the highest level. You had to, it's always working out, traveling, doing everything you can. And, you know, when you, when you have to do that schedule, eating a certain way, doing all that, um, it was definitely, definitely tough to, to practice, do all that for golf that I needed. Did you play golf in high school on, on the high school team? I did. Yes. Yes. That was, uh, yeah, we played four, four years. There it was, um, played varsity every year. I think I, I think I finished third and fifth in the state tournament. Two of the years, I'm not positive on uh, my results earlier on, but um, what a what a fun time high school golf is for sure. Yeah, did you guys have a good team in high school? We did yeah, we had. Um, you know, it's funny. It's all my all my buddies really that are hockey players. We there were five or six of us in the starting eight. Um, one of the year we had a uh, phenomenal player, uh, Lindsay Williams, who won the state girls championship, did all that. And um, so we had, we had a really good team. We never, I think we finished second or fourth or something like that. One of the years, but um, definitely had a, uh, had a good group. Yeah. Uh, what kind of scores or what was your handicap by the time you were getting out of high school? I believe I was right around zero when I was getting out of high school. Um, that was maybe maybe one or two, but I was always you know I, I shot under par a bunch of times in high school and got to you know join that club and and do all that. But uh, you know I was just a young kid. I didn't really 
I didn't understand the nuances of golf that <laughs> that come with it as you get older. But uh, but I was, you know, it's a lot of a lot of fun. I used to play this big sweeping draw, um, which I couldn't imagine trying to hit now. <laughs> and then uh, you leave high school. What was next? What did you go on to do? Did you keep playing hockey? And what did golf look like for you in the in the years after high school? Yeah, so I went. Um, my senior year of high school, played, I played high school hockey at Spalding as well. Um, we won um, two state championships, won 43 straight games. We had, wow. uh, we had an awesome group um, of, of guys. And we actually, we do a reunion every year. We just did it yesterday. So that was you know, a lot of fun to see everybody again. And um, But after that, I had committed to Providence College um, on scholarship to go play there. Uh, so I took two years off of uh, schooling, went and played juniors, and I lived in uh, Manchester with uh, with a bunch of players. Man, we had some good teams back in the day. Uh, you know, a bunch of them are playing the NHL today. You know, doing all that, so it was a lot of fun. So did that for for two years. Played golf during the summers. Did all that. Um, had a blast doing it, but it was never never too serious. Um, then once I got down to Providence in 2010. Um, I've gotten hurt a couple times playing playing hockey with uh, head injuries, different things like that. I'm not the biggest guy, and back in the day, I was only 150 pounds. And everybody you're playing against is six one, six two, two ten. So it was it was difficult, and you know, I got to Providence. Uh, I actually took a buck to, puck to the back of the head, and uh, you know, at that point, the doctor shut me down for good. I went through a big battle with uh, post concussion syndrome. I still can't really sleep to this day. And, mm. um, you know, so I had to stop playing hockey, still went to school, but then I, uh, after taking, you know, a year off, I'm not doing anything sophomore year. I walked onto the golf team. Actually, uh, we had a club team down there, but our coach was very connected and, and got us into some amazing golf tournaments that we had no business in, but it was a blast. We got to go play, uh, I got to go play the ocean course for a tournament down there for uh, college of Charleston, you know, Duke, Kentucky, all these schools are there. And, um, I actually finished, I think I was like 30th there, which was pretty solid. Um, but did that for a couple of years. And then, um, you know, once that, once that was all done, just moved back home after so I was down there in Providence for six years. So that was, you know, we got to play Wanamoise. It was our home course. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got to play there. Got to, I lived right across the street. I would work there uh, in the mornings, practice in the afternoon, go to class at night, and then uh, just do it all over again. And probably one of the best three months I've ever had of my life getting to yeah. play there. Yeah, yeah but I've not played that course, but I've heard just wonderful things about it. Oh, it's it's amazing. It really is. It's uh it's changed. They just did a bunch of renovations, but just a pure, beautiful golf course. Yeah, nice. Um, let's let's jump into your big win recently. Um, we'll talk about some other tournaments, but you just won last weekend the Seacoast Dam, which is a really big deal in a tournament that's been running for quite some time. I think over forty years in the Seacoast that draws the very best players throughout the Seacoast. Um, you've done well in that tournament, uh, quite a few years. You're usually playing toward, you know, toward the last group. 
uh, on the third day. It's a 54-hole tournament for those that make the cut after day two. Um, this is your first time winning. Um, the rotation this year was the first day was at Rochester at your home course and then over to Kachiko on Saturday and then finishing up at Golf Club New England. How are you feeling about your game, you know, in the weeks leading up to the tournament? The games, I got off to a slow start this year. Uh, I mean, just the weather was terrible. It was, yeah. um, I don't want to go practice and play in the rain. So I just didn't. So I, I got a slow start. I was really struggling my game probably about a month ago and um, just went to the range with with buddies like we always do. And one of them saw one thing in my swing. And then my, uh, the only guy that I've ever worked with just a little bit, uh, John Ellis, the head pro over at the Oaks, who's one of my you know best friends. You know, he took a look as well and made a couple changes to everything. And then everything kind of started to click and, and come together. Um, you know, going into that term every year, it's a, it's a big you know, week and a half of practice leading up to it. Um, so I'm thankful my, uh, my wife let me go practice every night, do all that stuff. And uh, it was trending in the right direction. I went out on the Friday before and uh, I played golf club in New England. Um, I shot 71 from the, so the green tee. So it's like 7,100 yards. Wow. I had a great ball striking day. Um, you know, my buddy that I played with who had never played. So I was bringing him down to play. Just said, you know, you hit the ball like that. It's not even going to be close. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was a long week getting ready for the tournament. There was still some rain. There was still, you know, you're looking at the forecast, rain, rain, rain. And, you know, we got very lucky, but, uh, but I, I started out, started out well in the tournament. You know, made uh, was one under through five. I actually made a triple on the sixth hole of the day, which I don't think I've ever tripled six at Rochester. And uh, you know, just made a mess of it. But I think my the years of playing in this tournament, the years of of experience. You know, as you get older, you got to understand that you're going to make mistakes. Nobody's ever played this game perfectly. And um, you know, just fought back and and thankfully. Um, Birdie 16, 17, 18 coming in to to get it to one under to finish. Um, but what you know, what makes the tournament so special is we get to play three different courses, all of them so much different in yeah. the way you have to approach it. And you know, Kachiko, I don't hit a lot of drivers. You know, it's all just kind of placement out there, doing what you have to do. There's some very tough pins there, and that uh, you know, ended up shooting sixty eight there, which was. And my only two bogeys of the day were three putts. So I really, I've learned over the years, um, you know, like you'd said, I've been in the final couple groups, five, six, seven times. I just haven't been able to get it done. You know, last year, I probably had my best ball striking round of the, of probably my tournament career in that, um, at Wentworth. And I just could not make a putt. It was, it was a, it was a frustrating day. And then, you know, I was like, I need birdie on the last hole to have a chance. And like I made an eight, I hit it in the water there short and just made a mess of it. But you know, I learned a lot from that day and, um, you know, going into that final round, that was, that was a tough night's sleep for me, you know, being up by five shots doing, you know, uh, Harvin was up by six last year when, um, you know, when he had, had gone on to lose unfortunately for him. So there's a lot of things going through your mind, and then there's a lot of tee balls at um, at golf club in New England, and they give you some real anxiety. <laughs> you get to 17, 
and there was you know huge crowd it was it was unbelievable the support that um you know my friends and, and our rochester crew came out and supported and you know getting to getting to grind that out all day was it really was a lot of fun but i got off to a very good start uh, i hit it to about a foot on one made birdie there wow. uh, i eagled three and then at that point i think i was up by eight went from let's, five eight. let's talk about that eagle i'm i'm that's the um par five that bends to the left yes tell me about your drive and what did you have in for distance on your second shot yeah so i hit it uh my i've learned now just play what you have that day and on friday i was hitting a draw with the driver saturday i was hitting a cut with the driver and then i hit a cut off of one and i was like i don't know what's going on here so i finally just committed to hitting the draw and hit you know hammered one out there right down the middle had uh 186 in and knew it was a back pin no you can't go long really you just want to get over that front lip um you know for my my thought was supposed to hit this middle of the a club that can't go over the green so i hit hit eight iron um thinking i just had to fly it i think it was like 171 to carry that the front bunker and uh just couldn't hit it any better right at the pin got up there it was about four feet away um which was a which was a big relief because once i got on the golf course i felt fine but it was um a range session wasn't great just you know it's a it's something i've wanted to win for so long and something i've wanted to do and i had to put my phone on do not disturb i had to do all it was uh the support was amazing but it was uh it was it was overwhelming to say the least. Yeah, let's um let's go. We'll, we'll finish the the final day. I, I do want to go back to Saturday. Um, so coming out of Friday, Harvin has the lead out of Rochester, and then we get to Kachiko. And if I'm right, there weren't a lot of low scores shot at Kachiko on Saturday, and I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how the course was set up and what your thoughts are about why the scores weren't lower on Saturday. Yeah. So I, you know, Kachiko is a course that, um, don't, you, you don't need to overpower it. You don't need to do anything crazy. Um, you know, you get to that. Well, we started on seven. So normally they do that. So you finish up on six and people can watch it finish with 18. Oh, okay. Road. Yeah. So started on seven and, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of of starting on seven there. I just I've played the course so many times and you get in a rhythm and you have you have a kind of a mindset. Um but I got off to a good start. I hit it to about three feet on the on seven to made birdie, a two putt birdie on eight. Um then nine. Nine was an absolute beast. It was two hundred yards, but is into the wind every time. It always plays longer. And the pin was one step on to on top with that huge false front. And I just, I watched everybody just make a mess of it. And uh, I, I, I was pin high left side of the green. And I said to my dad, it was caddying for me. I just said, dad, I'm going to hit this like 10, 12 feet left. I don't, I said, I might three putt this. I don't care because I could easily put this off the green and make five, six. And I mean, 10 feet was almost not enough break. You know, it came, it settled in nicely with a nice two putt. Um, 
but I think the I think the difference of the day were were the the pins, the whole locations. You know, Kachiko's a course where you can you can go low, but you can make some big numbers very very quick, and you know they protected the golf course. I thought um, you know a little too much, but from playing it so many times, I kind of knew where to hit balls. You know, I, I had, there were some pins out there where I had a lob wedge in my hand that I'm hitting away from the pin, which, yeah. which is something that in years past, I never would have done, but it was more just kind of, you know, seeing what I had to do, learning what I had to do. Yeah. You know, I got off to a good start and, and Harvin didn't, which kind of, you know, a mindset of mine throughout that is um you know don't hold on let's go lower and i th- i think that's something that's definitely helped me through these years kind of adjust and adapt to trying to win a golf tournament because you know if you get to a couple under par it's like well now i just got to hold on and and it was a day of it was it was a grind to to say the least um greens were rolling fantastic just perfect um, but I had some four footers that I had to play over a cup out and that's not, that's very difficult to do on, uh, on fast screens as, as you probably know. And I, uh, it was just, it was just a complete round. So other than the two, three putts I had, I only missed, I think three greens all day. Wow. Uh, and you know, my, my irons were, were very good that day. Yeah. Very good. And that's where I thought I, you know, separated myself. There was, was my iron play. On the, on the final day at golf club, you, you go in with a lead, you maintain it. The final three holes are, are quite something there. It's 16, 17, 18. Walk me through how you were, you know, how are you doing with your nerves and mentally with the lead as you hit that three hole stretch? And then how did you play those final three holes? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're awesome golf holes. Um, you know, I'll go back to, to 15. I think this is where it kind of leads into it. Um, you know, I, I think I had six or six or seven shot lead and I, uh, I made a mess of the hole. I, I hit it left into the hazard, played it smart, took a drop. Hit it up there, hit a terrible pitch short, didn't get it up and down. Um, and Will had missed uh, about a five-footer for birdie there, which could have made it you know, a three-shot swing where it was just two. And I think that actually kind of calmed me down in, in a way where it's like, well, you know, all you have to do is make three pars, and it's it's not going to be possible for him to come back. But um, you know, I hit, uh, hit hybrid off of 16 kind of popped it up a little bit actually had a little further in than i would have liked it was 174 um back pin can't go long obviously can't go short but i i know from from playing there many times that there is plenty of room um you know and, and just executed a really good shot into 16 in there to about 20 feet left um good two putt and then you know we get over to 17 and there's hundreds of people standing out there and and it's all i mean it's amazing it's it's so much fun to, to be able to do and and you can see how big this golf tournament is you know with uh with the support everybody had and i think it was one i think it was 158 now normally that's a pitching wedge out there and but 
pins up front with the uh, right in the island area. So my my father just goes, why don't you just hit the same exact shot you just hit on the last hole? You know, I, I put a nine iron in the back of my stance and just kind of held a tight little draw in there. When it came off, it was when I looked up and felt how I hit it. It was probably one of the biggest reliefs I've ever felt in my entire life. And the ball hadn't even landed yet. Um, because I I've made I've made eights there, I've made nines there, I've seen people make twelves, fourteen. Yeah, yeah not hard, not hard to blow up on that hole. Happened very easily. Um, and that was just a that was a big relief executing that shot the way I did, and you know I had a nice two putt there, and you know going eighteen up four, which I wasn't positive what I was up by. I tried not to really pay attention too much, um, but it was it was more match play coming down the stretch and uh that definitely helped in a sense of uh you know kind of calmed me down a little bit and you know I had a good drive on 18 I actually had shot it out there where a bunch of people were standing just right of that that uh that fairway bunker and I think it was 336 to them so I just said I can hit this hard right at them and I hit it and I immediately yelled four and it carried right into them almost hit a couple people um but got lucky where I ended up. You know, uh, I did have to go over the trees on my on the second shot. I had been kind of pushing and pulling some wedges, uh, so I did not want to go out sideways because if you go out sideways at that point, yeah, it's not a hard shot. But I there's water, there's bunkers, there's everything right. you can do, um, and I figured the risk of just uh, hitting a lob wedge fifty yards, swinging at it hard and getting it up and over the trees was the best play and. You know, I thankfully executed that and just, you know, at that point, just pitch it on and, and two putt. And it was, uh, it, it was, it was a big relief to finally see that last putt go in and, um, you know, to finally get it done and, and have everybody there and, you know, getting to enjoy, uh, you know, a nice, nice hug with my father and, and my mother and my wife and, uh, you know, my brother's there. I mean, it, can't even get over the amount of support I had there. And, you know, it definitely, it, it excited me. It didn't, you know, it didn't make me more nervous. I was, I was excited, but it was, it was pretty emotional. Yeah. I bet. After that. Golf, um, golf is a special sport often for fathers and sons. So what was it like to have your dad on the bag and to, to win with him there? Oh, I meant, you know, I meant everything. This is, uh, this is the one term in a year. He caddies for me every time we have, uh, you know, that special thing. My mom actually caddies for my brother. Um, cause I, I don't need a caddy out there. I just need somebody to talk to and somebody to, you know, calm me down and positive thoughts, different things like that. And, you know, my father made us so mentally strong over the years about learning you know different different things and just the way to approach it and the, the way to um you know carry yourself go about everything and and golf such a uh, like you said a father-son bonding sport and you know that was you know probably the that was my thought all morning was i was getting emotional thinking about that moment after and obviously that's thinking way too far in advance but I knew I was playing well enough. I knew that was, um, you know, I knew the course well enough. I knew what I could do that. That was, you know, 
hugging my father after, you know, we, we can't win. I'm not going to win the U.S. Open. I'm not going to win a Masters. We're, you know, this is what we can win. Yeah. And for us, that's, this is what that is. And that's yeah. what this, this tournament's done. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was an awesome family moment to say the least. Yeah, that's great. Um, let's just touch base on a few other big tournaments that you've won. I, you won the players invitational in 2018 up at Baker. That's always obviously a very elite select play into uh field. So that's a huge win. Um, what other wins and maybe it's not even winning, but coming close um, that you want to maybe mention. Yes. Um, yeah. That, that players was, was awesome. That was my, you know, my first big tournament win, you know, I've won club championships and, you know, member members, member guests and all that at the club, but there's, there's nothing that compares to, you know, winning a golf tournament. And that was, uh, that was awesome. That was a lot of fun coming down the stretch and then playing the way that I did. Um, so stayed, uh, stadium is really uh, probably the the biggest tournament that you know we play in around here, and uh, I've made it. I think I made it to the quarterfinals six years in a row. Wow! Which is, you know, you think about it, that you're winning a couple matches every year. Yeah, I was, I've only missed match play one time. Uh, that was during the COVID year in Nashua, and that was a. Uh, that was a that was just a, t- a tough time in life, and I I didn't really practice. I didn't really play a lot, but um, you know I made the cut every year, made match play, I made it to the semifinals. Uh, I want to say maybe twenty fourteen, I think it was. I made it down uh, twenty fifteen. Yeah, I made it to the semis in at Mount Washington up there, and you know got to beat some very good players that week. Um, you know, I beat uh, Bob Mealcars in the quarterfinals, who obviously Bob's a legend and one of the best players to ever play. And yeah, you know, that was uh that was fun. That was that was a good day. I think I was seven under through thirteen holes um going into that and then got three up through three in the semis, ended up losing it was two and one. But it was a good learning experience, good everything that you need to do, and you know, made a good run last year at Abenaki. I was I think it was four under par and lost on 18. So uh, I actually chipped in for birdie. And then Mar- uh, Mark Stevens, who played great uh, coming down the stretch as well, made about a 20-footer on top, made to have the hole uh, to lose one down. But learning um, to execute those shots coming down the stretch is, is so big uh, because you can't you can't put your body in that mode of, of being nervous and being excited and um, – the adrenaline that's pumping you you can't have that you can't just go out and play in wednesday league and be like oh i'm gonna play like <laughs> that you, you can't you can't make that up so it's uh it's a, it's a lot of fun to to play in those tournaments a lot of fun to to compete in them and and to know that you know my game's in a good place right now where i'm, I'm really looking forward to to going into manchester next week yeah well good luck good luck there um let's talk a little bit about your game what's you know, some of the, for people who maybe haven't seen you play, what are some of the strengths of your game and and what's an area that you're always looking, I mean, we're always looking to improve, but what are some strengths and what's something you're particularly working on right now? Right now, my iron play is very good. Um, I've got, I've got my consistent ball flight back where if I, you know, my go-to shots, just a high cut that falls, falls right, not a going cut. Uh, I hit the draw if I have to, but 
I prefer not to with the irons and but I think driving the golf ball is definitely probably my you know my number one asset I don't have a I don't have a pretty golf swing. I don't, it's, it's a little violent. My, my back's going to go one of these years. I know it, but, uh, I, I, I come back about as far as John Rahm and, you know, just fire through it with a lot of, a lot of hips, a lot of lower body and, and doing that. I've had many people look at my golf swing and they say it makes zero sense. So it's, it's <laughs> just, I can't explain it, but, um, you know, I, I definitely need to improve on my, uh, on the wedge game right now. That's my biggest thing where, uh, I battled for the past two years, probably kind of the inside a hundred yards. I've battled with kind of the yips kind of where I'm, I'm missing greens from 50 yards because I just, the mental block that I'm getting over and it's better, but that's something that. I continue to work on I, I go to the range all the time and I hit wedges for an hour and a half. Like that's all I do. Yeah. So it's uh, you know, that's something that that I need to get better at. But I, I um but at the end of the day, you know, I still have a full time job. I still have a, a wife, a dog, and um you know that that stuff is is yeah. important at the end of the day. Yeah. Let's talk um a couple more sections here. Let's talk about what's in the bag. Let's start with driver. Walk me through what you're currently playing this season. Yeah, so I, I do. Uh, I've been a tailor-made driver guy forever. Um, so right now I've got the regular stealth in the bag. Um, I went and got fitted a couple of years ago for the driver and finally got into a a shaft that changed all my numbers. I was... I think I was at a minus three attack angle and this shaft made me go to a plus two, which I think has changed, changed the way I drive the golf ball for sure. Yeah. Uh, I carry a two hybrid Titleist. It's pretty old actually now. I need to get a new one. Um, I've got, what do I have? I've got the AP, AP two irons. Still, um, the, uh, Winning the Seacoast, getting all the pro shop credits going to be nice because I'll be able to get new irons. My little brother will be excited because that means he'll get new irons. Um, what do you What do you got your eye on for new irons? Uh, I'll I'll get the new T100s that that'll come out at the end of the year. Yeah, you know, maybe end of this month or something like that. So I'll, I'll get those. And um, I'm a Vokey wedge guy. I carry five wedges. Um, I just golf course we play around here. If I'm hitting my driver well. I, I don't really have anything outside of 140 yards normally. So must be nice. Yeah, it, it, it is definitely. I wish somebody else could hit my web shots for me. <laughs> no, I carry 60, 56, 52, 48, and then a, a pitching wedge. That's a little, uh, a little lower. Yeah. What do you got for, what are you playing for a putter? I, what do I have? I got a, a white hot OG right now. Kind of a mallet style. I've, yeah. I think I have nine putters sitting downstairs so that uh, <laughs> I've gone through quite a few over the years, but I, I really, I found this, you know, a couple of years ago and it's been, uh, it's been very good to me. Yeah. What do you play for a ball? So I play the, actually the Pro V1 left dot. So I did a ball fitting a couple of years ago as well. And, um, you know, I, I'm a high spin player with, you know, high, you know, swing speed and, I kind of use the ground to maneuver the ball is the way I kind of say it. So I'm high spin player. So this, this ball has got like, I don't know, it's 30 less dimples on it. It's, uh, I can't, I don't know anything. 
about the technology, but I just know that the guy, he had been doing it for three years. He had never put anybody in the golf ball and he knew immediately as soon as I hit my second shot that that's what it would be. It's a little bit of a pain. I have to call the Titleist rep to get him because you can't buy them. You know, they're really tour only. So I have to call yeah. him and he sends them, uh, sends them over to me the beating every year, which is, which is great. Nice. How do you mark your ball? I do. It's in the day. Um, it's a red, red or blue dot. I put one above the number on each side. And then I, um, then I color in the, the two, the two lines on the, on the side. Nothing special. Um, I don't use the lines. I don't do anything like that for yeah. putting. Uh, I definitely thought about it, but uh, but I haven't made that switch to anything like that. Yeah. Uh, this next section section I call gimmies, which is just some straightforward short questions. First one: What's your favorite course to play in New Hampshire? I'd have to say either Ball Peak or Baker, Baker Hill, just to just. Baker just fits my eye and Bald Peak is just so much fun. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've, Baker comes up a lot in Bald Peak, which I haven't played, but uh, I hear it's quite pretty special place. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, what's your current favorite club in your bag? Um, always, always my driver. Always, always. Yeah, sounds like a good weapon for you. It is. It is. Yeah, it's uh, it's been nice. <laughs> um. Multiple choice. Uh, what's your favorite shot? Uh, an absolute flushed driver, um, a flush mid iron, say a six iron, or making a long putt. Got to be long putt because I don't. I don't do it often. <laughs> it's, it's a. Uh, it, it, it's a lot of fun when you make that for sure. Yeah, no matter what it's for, you can hit whatever you want before that. But if that putt goes in, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, Favorite PGA and or LPGA player or players that you are uh, that you enjoy watching right now? Um, I mean, it's always Tiger, but uh, obviously you know, tough right now for him. But I like it's hmm, a good question. I like watching Ron play. I like the way he works the ball both ways. He you know swings it similar to me with with the way he cocks his wrist at the top with the you know his attack angle. Um, and just this creativity around the greens is is a lot of fun. And then I, my favorite golf swing to watch is probably Nelly Corda. I mean, it's just it's perfect. Really, poetry, perfect. just poetry. It really is. She's the the female kind of Louis Ousaisen out there swinging the club, and it's it's fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, is there a course on your bucket list that you've not yet played that you'd love to play? Probably, I haven't played TPC Sawgrass. That's one I like to play. It's just you get to see all the shots. I played them on video games growing up, and I was lucky enough to play Pebble two years ago. Got to go out there and play that, and um, you know that's a dream come true for sure. But uh, yeah, but I would I would probably go with Sawgrass. Yeah, nice. Um, so just in terms of the rest of this year, you you're playing in the stadium, which is going to be at Manchester coming up. What else is on your tournament list for the rest of the season? Uh, so that I'll play in that. I'll play in the stadium. I got some member guests coming up that are that are a blast. I play in mine uh, with my coworker. 
Then I go to his at Abenaki. I play in that. Um, this will be the first year in probably five or six years I'll be able to play in the club championship as well. I've had way too many. I had eight weddings to go to last year, including my own. And and so we don't we have zero this year, which is nice. But uh, playing that, playing the member member with my father, and then uh, I'll play in the mid am in in October. Yeah, which is at Rochester, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that's exciting. Do you find um, with the first round of the Seacoast and then the Mid-Am at your home course, do you find that is both an advantage and do you feel extra pressure that you should be playing well because you know the course so well? Yeah, definitely definitely more for the Seacoast um, because that's one round. You know, and over three rounds, I think my advantage for the Mid-Am would be, would be more, but it's... Um, you know, they, they get the, they get the greens going so fast. They get everything, you know, of course it's in perfect shape, but we don't play it like that all the time. So it's a little, it's actually not as advantageous. You know, I, I got to hit a putt that's now rolling on an 11 where it was rolling on a nine, two days ago where I played right. three inches of break. Now it's six. So yeah. it's an adjustment, but it's definitely, you know, just knowing kind of the nuances of the golf course obviously is um, huge being a member there for 20 three years now yeah uh final question so golf's been a big part of your life for a long time why do you love the game so much i think it's a great question the uh i love the camaraderie of it of of golf i love that you know you, you're playing a foursome you're playing with with your buddies you can play with all handicaps. It doesn't really matter. And, and it's all about the time you're having on the golf course. Um, just the, the competitive nature of it. You know, once I had to stop playing hockey, there's, you can't, you know, you can't, you can't go out and just compete doing anything. So, you know, every time you're out there, we've got a great group at Rochester. We all push each other and, and do that, but it, it's the camaraderie and just the competitive nature of it. It's, uh, you can't beat it. You can't match it. Uh, it's something that, you know, just absolutely love. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jamie. I enjoyed uh, talking with you and hearing about your journey, your journey through golf and to talk about your big win at the Seacoast. Uh, I wish you well in the state am and the other tournaments you have coming up and thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. I really appreciate you having me and uh, I look forward to, to hopefully playing well in a couple of weeks and we could talk again. No, that'd be great for sure. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Granite State Golfers is produced by Dew Sweeper Productions. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review and share it with your friends. Until next time, tee it up, have fun, and LGLG. LG.